1: ladies gentlemen geeks of all ages you are now entering BJ Shay's geek nation welcome yes welcome to BJ Shay's Geek nation I am the Reverend Enfuego across from me is Vicky Barcelona hello we've got the show's namesake BJ Shay good and Tash mahigul. I don't know what that is I don't either honestly. and running the boards is Joey D it must be Monday yep yep oh good Monday to you oh dear On today's show, we will be doing board games with BJ Shea. Yeah. We'll be playing them. No, we'll just be talking about them. Vicky has gotten into the world of DC Online with Doom Patrol. Yes. Oh, fancy. We will go into the urban legend that maybe the next generation's Jordy LaForge was supposed to be an alien. Jordy, (laughs) Jordy, Patrick Stewart, are you here?
2: Yes. Almost. Oh, great.
1: And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
3: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. <laughs> you can uh, find our <laughs> blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Or just search for BJ She's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes, and you'll find us.
1: Yes, and uh, we will be talking about board games with BJ, but I wanted to give a shout-out to a local board game place that you frequent. And yes! Everybody is kind of stuck with the fact that you can't go to your favorite gaming store. No. Um, with BJ at Zulu's Board Game Cafe in Bothell. I love those peoples. You love them. And, and you, they do have takeout food, so you can get them there. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to bring up is like a lot of these board game companies have different ways that they're trying to to get some income still going into the store. And they're making some good dinners for people, too. Yeah, you're getting uh, getting a fair amount of those, too, because, I mean, I know you don't necessarily cook at home, but... uh, Let's
2: not talk about what's happening (laughs) with my (laughs) waistline.
1: (laughs) But, like, make sure and check in on your local gaming stores, places like Zulu's Board Game Cafe, because you don't know how they're doing, but obviously with everybody else, not too great. So if you can spend a little bit of money there and they're doing stuff like takeout or maybe buying gift certificates or hell, even just asking them if they got a PayPal and kicking them a little bit of cash if you possibly can, show your appreciation for the places that you love. And I mean, we'll get through this and I want to be able to go back to stores and like I was talking on Friday, go back to theaters and do things and do all this stuff. So if you can help out, Please do so. Now... We're going to talk some board games, BJ. Way to tick. That's a lead-in. Yeah, it is. You got some? Uh, I would hope to imagine because what? I asked you if you had. some. Yeah, videos. you did. As a matter of fact, uh,
2: <laughs> I want to talk about a couple of uh, not uh, new games, but uh, some newer games. Anyway, okay. at least the uh, recent games, if you will. And uh, and because I'm I'm actually introducing uh, Joey D's to a lot of the classics because you know he's on the Board Game Alliance. And when that podcast resumes again, when we can all like get back to the normal distance, oh, we, uh, checkers
1: and, and parcheesi, yeah, all that, yeah, yeah. Candyland.
2: <laughs> But I've also been getting, you know, I'm a 4X guy, and usually 4X Mm -hmm. takes place in space, but I'm also now getting into a lot of Civilization games, and uh, I've introduced Joey to two good ones, and I'm going to do a third one for him, and that, of course, is the most recent one, at least I can think of as Tapestry. There may be more, but Tapestry was the big one last year, uh, or even the beginning of this year where people were going crazy over Tapestry. And uh, so we played a game called Dominations, and... I had never heard of this game, or if i did uh, it was it was news to me it 's a uh, domination 's road to civilization. It came out last year and it 's got a lot of uh, a lot of expansions which now I will probably get. I was really ha- <laughs> proud of myself that I was like i won 't get the expansions until I actually play the base game. And uh, it's plays two to four players, and it's uh, b- it's designed by Eric Debus. I hopefully I might saying that. And uh, Oliver Mellison. Holy Grail Games puts it out for you. And uh, uh-huh. Joey Dees, uh, what did you think of Dominations?
4: Well, uh, I didn't hate it. So we'll start there. That's good. <laughs> uh, it's very complex, but I'm not exactly sure how complex. Because while we were playing, uh, I was also baking cookies. <laughs> so I got to explain <laughs> the rules and... Uh, After – it's like a three-age game, so you get five turns within each age. So each age has special end-of-the-round triggers, and I did not know – that there was an end of the round trigger that allowed you to get these special abilities. Yeah. and because of that, I had zero resources Ooh. and then they got all the resources because when you don't get any piece of the pie, <laughs> I mean, you go
2: hungry. <laughs> yeah so uh- it's a nice it's a nice mechanic, whereas if you just get a bunch of resources and you go, well, I couldn't really use these, the game has a nice it'll go well, you know what? you're gonna get a benefit for that, which I love when games do that.
4: Yeah, the hardest part about this game for me was that you get a lot of resources and you have a lot of ways to score victory points and it's a very rev up engine, build your colonization, score all your points at the end kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and I did not realize that uh, you can really get all the points. (laughs) I mean, if... Sometimes they give you like five objectives, and you're really only supposed to complete two or three. You can complete all five, and you get 100 victory points if you complete all five. Yeah, this game has a token of, that's, that you take if you
2: get up to 600 points. Like they have little tokens so that when you keep going around the board and you have to lap yourself, you go up. All right, now you got 200 plus whatever you're going to get. And oh, now you're up to 300. This game has a 600 point token. I'm like, okay, what did we do wrong? Because we didn't get anywhere near 600.
4: I got crushed. I knew yeah, after, like, because like, <laughs> it was like when we played Keyforge, Rev. Right? You knew. Five minutes into it, you were dead. So, yeah. the, the hour, three and a half hours later, I'm like, guys, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> I haven't been in this game for th- you know that long. So, <laughs> I had a bitter taste in my mouth because of that a little bit, but I didn't want to judge the game based on that because the actual tile placement and the building of your civilization to get points and build monuments is really good. So. I would like to try it again, but like all these big complex games, you're never winning the first time, yeah, and you're never playing it right the first time. Oh gosh, true. yeah. So it's so tough because you have to play it again later, and then that's kind of when you figure out if you love the game.
2: And you know something? Recently, <laughs> uh, if you want to check this out, by the way, since we're bringing this up, you, you you make a really good point, Joe, and I think it's an attitude adjustment when it comes to playing games. And they just talked about this, and it's a great video. If you want, I, I think it's called "The Top Ten Things That Ruin Board Games," and Tom Vassil, Z Garcia, and special guest. Rodney Smith from Watch It Played, they did a top 10 things what ruined games. And um, it is fascinating because <laughs> two they games. Had, two games that went to my top list right away, right there. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's not so much, you know, uh, I think Z did a great job because he said, half my list is going to be about publishers, and then the, ha- the other half of his list was about players. Mm-hmm. But they really did talk about pl- the people that play games and really understanding that we're here for an experience- and 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 I love this because Tom Z and Rodney are really well respected and super high up in the in the industry. Yet these are guys that really aren't. And I don't want I don't I don't want this to sound wrong. They're very intelligent, but they're not the super bright guys where they go. I know every mechanic and every engine. Yeah, they play to have fun, mm-hmm. and so the maybe it was enemies of fun. I forget what the top, but it was the top ten enemies of something. Maybe enemies of fun in board games. But they they talked about if you keep playing every game to win, you're not. Understanding that we're here yeah. for fun and socialization, so that yeah, we, so they go. Of course, you play a game for the first time. You are not going to play to win. Uh, and the one thing they brought up, which is really really interesting, because we have some friends that do this, and sometimes I'm guilty of this myself, is that when somebody takes so long to take their turn because they want to crunch it out to do the perfect possible oh, thing. Oh yes. And I and, and Tom Vassell said this, and it was like, you know what? If I told you there was a game that took thirty minutes to play, but If I told you, oh, wait, how long are your turns? Your turns are like three to five minutes. Okay, if we all take those amount of turns, three to five minutes, and there's like 60 turns in a game, this goes to become a six-hour game. Yeah. And so Tom was like, is that fair for everybody else at the table that you take a game that's not supposed to be that long and turn it into a massive monstrosity? And I've taken that to heart. I'm even trying that with like social deduction games because I that's I'm the biggest problem in those yeah. myself. You, it's it's and it's not even something along the lines
1: where you put out a notebook. It's all in your brain. Like it's kind of amazing to watch you play these, but also the same reason why I don't, I don't like playing. Yeah, I don't like playing but social D games with you. It's like you and Sean. I've literally played games where you two have sussed out. Like you have gone and you figured out exactly who is who. Yeah. and then also during that time, talked yourself out of it.
4: To your point, I think there is a big problem with that because what happens is is people don't plan what they're going to do while other people are taking their turns because they want that social connection, which I like. But then you have to also be the guy that goes, well, I didn't plan out my turn. I only am going to take a minute. And if I do the wrong thing, oh, well, because I'm not here for that. They get that the the player that just wants both. And then all of a sudden you're like, dude yeah exactly you, and you get much. that
2: decision freeze too and, yeah. and that, that that's just being socially aware and yeah. that's where you have you know I would say to some people you've got to be aware of how much time you're taking we're all trying to have fun who cares who freaking wins this game you know what I mean Ex- I like building my engines and whatever yeah. and I lost by one point and, and, and that's kind of fun though. my daughter's boyfriend won I could have won I actually oh if I thought a little bit more if I'd have done this but you know what I didn't do that, but my turn also wasn't three days to try to figure that out.
3: And we all had
4: fun. I can understand why it's hard though, because if you don't game as much as PJ does, right? Like you don't really understand that if you you know, at the end of the game, no one really remembers who won who wins, you know,
2: That's an hour.
3: Sean because he ends up writing it in his phone.
4: <laughs> yeah, Sean's that guy.
3: I just like coming up with
2: a theory like, what if I try this for the whole game? Will this engine work yeah. for me? And sometimes it's been brilliant, and I win, and people go, "How'd you get all those points?" I go, "I just picked this engine." And then other times, the engine I pick is the little engine that could not. One of my <laughs> favorite, one of my favorite games to play is kind
1: of a longer slog, and that is the Game of Thrones game. And it is maybe because the infrequency that that we play that it's always fun and fresh. But when watching the show and like reading the books, and then you're getting into that mindset and just like. Spending everybody else's turn doing the social manipulation with everybody else yeah. outside of it, that's what makes it fun for me and seeing if I can pull off this stuff uh, before the dragons come and destroy everything.
4: Dude, I love that game, but I have one rule that I want to implement on it, and huh. that is you cannot argue with someone over why they're attacking you. For more than like a minute, because BJ. they don't have to give you an answer. Everyone <laughs> always wants the well, why? Well, why? Well, I don't need to give you an answer, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it,
2: and and that's when you when you have a brilliantly designed game that has a lot like. And that's what I love about Twilight Imperium. If you play it right, um, <laughs> and don't even get me started with. Uh, uh, we, don't, know, we, we don't. No, we don't have, but, have enough time. But yeah, the idea is if a game is balanced well, you never you can win as anybody. And that's the arguments I have with anybody with Twilight Imperium. They go, oh, here are the best races, and I go, the the best races. If you play like a moron, you know, if you, if you, that's why they're the best races because you have no social skills and you don't appreciate the level of this game. Anybody can win at Twilight Imperium if you play it properly.
4: Oh, that's my settlers of content argument. It's one of the most balanced games mathematically. But because there's trading involved, it's generally not fair. <laughs> it's wild <laughs> card because there's so much bias in it, right? Like if you play with someone's girlfriend or you know, their girlfriend, oh, they don't want to upset right, their girlfriend, right. Oh, right? oh, yeah, right? So God, I
2: love those games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> or they I...
3: have a different type of relationship and they only attack their girlfriend.
4: Exactly. Oh, yeah. I've seen <laughs> all <laughs> just, sides just, of, like, of Should <laughs>
3: we
1: not be playing
2: board games? Should we go be going to a marriage counselor? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, got off topic. We, we got off a little topic, but still, Dominations is a beautiful game. It's almost abstract in the way it looks. Very, very colorful, beautiful. Beautiful artwork and uh, a really fun system on basically doing your civilization game. You're trying to build mm-hmm. up your cities, you're trying to get your technology, you're trying to have the best civilization. They have these cool uh, diorama looking uh, wonders that you build. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, so you've got Colossus and you've got all these, and you've got the necropolis. And it, but they're also functional with how they connect to the board to help you get points. I love that about this game. And I can't wait for him to play Tapestry because they're have been some complaints about tapestry where the where the components really what do we need to have these components for whereas opposed in Dominations the the components you go okay it's a little overblown but in a way though but it actually <laughs> works with the game it's, so uh, Dominations Road to Civilization I love it a lot I think Joey will love it once he plays it again uh, but you know and I think it's uh, between 50 and 60 bucks and uh, you can probably get it at your FLGS uh, like Rev said uh, Zulu's Board Game Cafe might be able to get it Mox Boarding House in Bellevue or uh, Ballard and, or, you know, Amazon, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, if yeah. and if your local gaming store has a uh, has an online
1: store, or even if they don't, call and see if you can do maybe just like a pickup.
4: Yeah, and a big nod to the game. Uh, this game is very spatial. Like, you have to pay attention when you're placing stuff, and normally BJ doesn't like those kind of games, yeah, so I was yeah. surprised that he did very well in it and liked it. so Yeah,
2: it, it's so true, it's but it's, I don't know why it clicked me with the right way, but the tile placing, and then the way you get your technology, you have to place your technology in the right way, or you do not get to have that technology. It's very very clever, and I enjoyed it, and I and I think the replayability is insane. And again, I don't even have any of the expansions. (laughs) That's awesome. Do You got another uh, board game you want to talk about? Oh well, as a matter of fact, Joe brought up a time. Joe talked about Catan, and let's talk about Catan. What? Um, Yeah, because. I am not a huge Catan fan. I just am not. I know there's been, uh, you know, everybody of Catan, your mother-in-law of Catan, all the different Catan (laughs) games, (laughs) Star Trek Catan. It just never hits the table. Okay. But the old school starfarers of Catan, of course, and a buddy of mine, uh, Byron, when we were uh, at, I think it was at the last Dice Tower of 2019, Uh, we dice tower west he went to a swap meet and got an old copy of it and he was like you should really want to play this game and i go i hate Catan. i'm not going to play Catan." he goes it's it's he goes it's a completely different game and one of the big complaints was is that they the the ships in the game look like toys and they really do look like like you know like this looks like a kid's toy i had these big rockets um (laughs) and but they always broke the pieces broke off whatever in the older version well This is such a good game. Eventually you knew that, in fact, somebody would release this, and uh, Catan Studio did do this. Catan Starfarers is a fun, fun game that uses Catan-like mechanisms, but you're exploring space, and you're encountering aliens, and you do have missions to some degree to accomplish, even like Build Your Own Adventure, where all of a sudden something happens and the person will pick the card for you and go, okay, you encounter a bunch of space pirates, what do you wish to do? And you get to improve your ship, you get to improve weapons and thrusters, so you are having similar mechanisms with, yes, you will you will gather your, uh, you'll gather all your resources by rolling dice, and if you activate, you know, your air. which are planets, uh, and anybody who plays Star Trek at 10 know that, oh, it's planets rather than just regions, Mm -hmm. you know, then you'll get your resources, but it's really clever, and a lot less clunky to me, and very much updated, and you do get to explore space, which is kind of fun you get to see how many victory points you need to win the game, and if you are low on victory points, you actually get an advantage in this game. You get to draw more resources than a person who's higher on victory oh, points. Oh, catch-up Mechanic is kind of nice like on that. that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, real fun art. There's a lot of great alien characters that will give you victory points, and then special abilities you can get by going to all these different star bases, which will give you advantages in the game. It is—and it is, I, and I played it, and I said, I'm never going to buy any more games. I'm done. And I played <laughs> yeah, it with somebody, and I thought— I really want this in my collection. <laughs> uh, I put it on as a Christmas list, but then I was at uh, the game shelf in Kent, and I felt really, And they let us stay in the store and just have their private room forever, and they even charge us. And I thought, well, I got to wow. buy something off these guys, yeah. and it will give me a reason because I know they had, uh, you know, Starfarers Catan when I walked in. So <laughs> I, uh, I talked myself into buying that game. Oh yeah, any excuse at that um, point. It's a great game. I I I won't play any other Catan. I will just buy a little space, but I this one I will play anytime. time. Interesting. Uh, and you know, it's uh, it still has the trade. Joe, but. There's a lot of other things you can do if somebody wants to be a jerk and not trade with you. Space sheep for space wood. Yeah, it's pretty much that. (laughs) Don't get me started on space sheep. Yeah, don't want to do the space sheep. (laughs) Well, with... uh,
1: Well, that's a hell of a segue. Hey,
3: Vicky! How you
1: doing? I'm
3: doing good. Uh,
1: You've been uh, getting up on the old TV because there's not a whole lot else to do, and you shot me a message that you started Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol! It's
3: one of those shows that since uh, I saw the first trailer, I definitely wanted to check it out. Not only because our boy, uh, Brendan, Fraser, isn't it? Our boy. It's one of those, like, if you've that's heard. That's
4: boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you've
3: heard his backstory and everything that's gone on in his life, it's really awesome to see him kind of getting back into acting. And I love him in this role. Um, so, Doom Patrol, at least the show, it's giving me the vibes of a nice mix between the boys and Umbrella Academy. Oh, really? Because they are, it's, it's a group of people and it's a mad scientist that kind of is helping these superpowered outcasts. And they really are outcasts. Um and they're they're all living together for many decades. They're not really aging and I'm not really sure why. I'm a little confused. Uh the show is like the first episode was fast and slow at the same time.
1: Hmm how so?
3: Like I felt like the first part like they're explaining like you're mostly focusing on Brendan Fraser's character which his name is uh Jeff? No. Yes. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff? No, I'm getting them all confused. Fred. I apologize. Um it's uh Cliff, excuse me. I knew there was two Fs. Cliff Steele who used to be a uh like NASCAR racer. Oh.
1: Uh
3: and he apparently was in a really bad accident. You like this is kind of already known and he his only thing that survived was his brain. Oh. So
2: man, So scientists
3: the, the chief so played by the, Timothy Dalton. He's
1: the robot type character mm-hmm. then? Okay.
3: Yeah, Timothy Dalton plays like an Xavier type person cuz he's in a wheelchair and he's the chief.
2: Okay. Uh mm-hmm.
3: helps bring him kind of to life and forges his brain with this weird robot type body but he doesn't feel anything and he's slowly getting more and more memories back um but he does a great job as cliff he is an a-hole like he was an a-hole before he became a robot he's an a-hole now but he's (laughs) trying to pick up the pieces trying to you know just live with his group of uh misfits if you will crazy jane obviously steals the show she is uh she has multiple personality disorder, and she's got, like, over 60 personalities, and each personality has a different superpower.
2: That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I,
1: I love that. That's a really neat. Uh, Do they even try to explain it at this point, or is this just it's I, just what it is? It
3: just is what it is. All right, cool. There is yeah. something kind of going on. Uh, this has been out for a while, so yeah. Like, spoiler, I suppose. Um, they're trying to figure out, well, the chief gets kidnapped by somebody he knew in the past, but he knew him during like Nazi times, so I'm wondering why is it that these people aren't aging? And uh, bad guy slash narrator, because there is somebody narrating it, and it's hilarious because he's very much talking to the audience and just no, these are a bunch of losers, like making fun <laughs> of them, which we find out is Alan Tudyk.
2: Oh, oh which well, is he's great the and bad everything. guy. So oh, good.
3: So he's the bad guy and has uh, has it in with the chief. Uh, I've only I'm only like four episodes in right now, uh, and. It's, it's interesting because he's like, you think you're the you're the creator of this whole story. He's like, I am because he even uh, breaks the fourth wall. It's like, eh, you know, some uh, D.C. trolls on the Internet or something. And it's it's pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think
2: because there's a comic book called Doom Patrol. Yes. It's yeah. DC, okay. Obviously. That, oh, so so this is based on that. I've mm-hmm. heard good stuff about the comic. Interesting. Uh, so you're saying check it out. I mean, you've been what, three episodes in?
3: Uh, yeah, three, four episodes in, uh, we do have uh, uh, Cyborg is in this. Cyborg is in oh, every is show that, there is. Is, is really. that how right. they got him in there? He's <laughs>
2: everywhere. He's a, he's a Justice League guy, Teen Titan. He's also in the Doom Patrol. Oh, This yeah. guy gets around.
3: Uh, but I love that, like, there's some powers that I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense, but they don't really, they it, they did the backstory on the characters, but I still don't get it. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. <laughs> and I feel like it's just something that I'm going to discover later. Um like one of the uh, one of the gals, she just kind of creates this big blob. You know? Do you remember the old like like you know the living blob of horror movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She becomes that, especially when she's oh. stressed out and oh. anxious. Her Cousy. body just goes, bleh, and she oh, just, rah, just turns freaky. into a big blob of meat. Okay, <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird, and she's this gorgeous meat lady. Meat uh, it's it's Gross. it's a very interesting. I like, I don't know. Like, I know how she got her powers, but I don't know what they are. So. <laughs> I hope to find out more. That <laughs>
1: actually <exactly, laughs> sounds pretty awesome. Uh, talking about some other TV, I think everybody here knows LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge D- on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I found this article on Comic Book Resources, and they do something called TV Legends Revealed, and they asked about a TV urban legend that said at one point the writers of Star Trek: The Next Generation considered revealing that Geordie LaForge was secretly an alien. Ooh.
2: Do you guys think this is true or false? Secretly an alien? Yeah. Wow. Um, boy, I you know what? I have never heard this before, so I, I'm caught off guard. I don't know any way at all he could be an alien um, because I feel like he's human in every way, shape, or form. Well, one of the things that they mention in this
1: article is the fact that uh, while many of the characters had a lot of backstory to them, Jordy LaForge really didn't up until even the uh, final season of the series where we got to meet his family.
2: That's right. Yeah, we you're right. For a long time we knew nothing about Jordy. You're absolutely right. Because I don't even remember that episode you're talking about where we met his family. I vaguely remember yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And so the the lack of in his backstory, there was a uh, proposed idea that he would be revealed to be an alien. In, a, in the book, The 50-Year Mission, The Complete Uncensored, Unauthorized, Oral History of Star Trek, The First 25 Years, oh. show writer slash producer Jerry Taylor explained, we wanted to make Geordi an alien. He was going to discover that his father was not who he thought his wa- ah. he was, and his mother had an almost Rosemary's Baby kind of thing and had been impregnated by an alien. As a result, Geordi was actually half alien, and now at his present age, his people were coming back to get him. I thought that this would have given Jordy's character a lot of elaboration. Obviously, the idea was never adopted. But it had been a consideration at the time.
2: Oh, so 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 this is based on real stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, actually, I remember Jerry Taylor. I I remember seeing her name pretty much in every episode at the beginning. Yeah. So that would have really changed a lot of
1: Jordy LaForge's character because I even remember the episode where he goes down to the planet where they get rid of anybody who has any DNA. The masterpiece society yeah. episode. Yes. Yeah, where it's like if you if you have any problems, any abnormalities, they will just get rid of the 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 That's baby, what? the fetus. That's That was a great episode. And it was like, well, then, and it was just that whole thing we're saying, yeah, well, we would lose one of our brightest minds because you would have gotten rid of Geordi
2: LaForge because he was blind. Exactly, like the guy that saved their planet because their planet was basically about to blow up or whatever. And it was like, wow, if Jordy was born here, the guy that's saving your planet, he would not have saved your planet,
1: right? And he'd so be dead.
2: it would have basically kind of thrown all of that out the window.
1: Yeah, because he would have been like, well, no, you're actually an alien hybrid. Whoops, and this is now yeah. weird and awkward. Surely science, is.
4: <laughs> science. <laughs> science.
1: <laughs> so that was a fun little one. Definitely yeah.
2: check out Comic Book Resources. They do these every once in a while where they do the TV Legends Revealed. It is interesting you brought up the fact, though, when you think everybody on Next Gen did get their own episodes, including Data with the Cat, you know, I mean, seriously. Don't hate on Spot. Oh, I hate on Spot. Oh, and no. also, I hate Spot, 2. I'm sorry, boy, I really wanted to... <laughs> that was the only part I hated about Star Trek Picard was Spot, two, but that's oh, just spoilers. me. Oh, spoilers!
1: Yeah. Uh-oh. yeah,
2: Hated that so much. Spot, too. No, I I, I joke. Don't but really, <laughs> Jordy, is it because they thought he was interesting enough because of the visor that they didn't bother flushing him out? It's Or was it because, like Jerry said, they wanted to do this, they wanted to do this, and then it got abandoned and poor Jordy, the mystery of who he was supposed to be they never gave us anything and then since they didn't deliver on this then Jordy's character never got anything which is kind of sad yeah and maybe I mean because everybody got something. You're right, yeah. but you remember. You, I, I don't even remember that episode you're talking about. I can't tell you anything about Jordy's backstory. Nothing. No, he's blind and he's smart. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and yet he's. A, I always liked his character. I mean, he and David's friendship was really, really cool. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, I, I guess just not focusing on that and just focusing on the future or the forward with him is yeah. just a way they decided to go with it. And maybe they didn't have a great idea. Maybe not everybody has a weird,
2: long, strange backstory. And spoiler alert: one of the uh, he did not get to show up. In Star Trek Picard. I hope in season two- Maybe he'll come
3: back. We're going well, to
2: see Whoopi as Guinan. I was
3: going to say, we're going to get Whoopi going. Did that happen?
2: I, I know she was invited by, by Patrick Stewart, and I'm sure if Patrick says, you better put her in here, I'm not doing season two. Well, he two. wouldn't say you better. He
1: says, make it so.
2: Make it so. <laughs> Very so, nice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe we will see Jordy too. Oh, hopefully. Uh, but now it is time to get to- The Geek Sheet with
1: Vicki B. Vicky, what's going on?
3: Uh- quick thing, uh, before I get into the main meat and potatoes, this is actually really cool. So we all know uh, Clark Gregg. Oh, yeah! Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. Uh, He's doing something really awesome. Have you guys heard of the website Cameo?
1: Yes, and that's the one where you can pay a celebrity uh, a different amount of money depending on which celebrities. I mean, you can get old uh, school uh, uh, hip-hop R&B singer from uh, Color Me Bad for $10, (laughs) or maybe you can get Mike Tyson for a little bit more a little bit more
3: um and so
1: they'll say random things for well they won't say yeah. random things but they'll give you shout outs and do stuff like that
3: yeah be like hey happy birthday and they're they're fun i know they're a really good gift uh but he's actually on there right now and donating like right now i think he's taking a little break because it says unavailable but he's been donating all of the proceeds he gets on cameo to coronavirus
1: Oh, nice.
3: So, to fight, well, to fight against the coronavirus, not to give it to the virus itself. That'd be weird.
1: (laughs) Here, virus, here is money. Go do more virus things. But I love it. Like, he's being a superhero
3: in his own way. And
1: I mean, that's like pretty awesome. Just the fact that they can do that. And a lot of celebrities are stepping up in their own ways, whichever way they can.
3: I love uh, what I've seen celebrities, and I've seen if you've checked our Facebook page, like even non celebrities dress up in their characters or just be themselves and read stories to kids. And you can have that playing. Like, I saw a guy dress up as Captain America, and he was reading, like, uh, at Costco, they sell these five-minute Marvel stories, Ah. so it's a giant book, and it has five-minute little Marvel stories, so you can read them for bedtime.
2: Oh, that's fun. Oh,
3: neat. I know they have, like, a Disney version one. They have multiple versions, so it's Mm. it's really cute, Um, but I think I've seen uh, Jennifer Gardner do it, as well as um, Amy Adams, so a lot of, like... It's funny. A lot of actors and actresses in the the nerd world. Uh, <laughs> oh. Funny enough, Brie Larson, Natalie Portman, Reese, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Jimmy Fallon, Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. So even Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al. <Not laughs> a Weird actually, Al. Why, Al? Yes, why not? <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of cool ways I've seen people helping out, and it's really awesome, especially like the ones in like the nerd world, if you will. Hmm. Um. But I did want to. A couple episodes ago for the Geek Sheet, I think I talked about along the lines of like tropes that we're kind of annoyed with, like that we're over. Yeah. Uh, But I found 13 movie myths that are all making us dumber.
2: Oh, dumber. It's things that
3: we believe are true because it's simply that's how it always is in the movies.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: So, for example, the myth of everyone who is arrested gets one phone call.
2: That's that's yeah. a myth.
3: Yeah. The only problem oh. is that this idea has been made up by the film industry. So while anyone who has been arrested does have the right to speak to their attorney, phone calls are privileged that can be given or taken away at any time. So basically, there's a lot of different rules and regulations around phone, call, phone calls that vary from state to state and country to country. I get my one call, don't I? It's like, come on, you I have to have my one call.
1: I get my one call. No, sir. Clank. And,
3: and this happens, <laughs> you know, from all kinds of movies to oh, yeah. The Matrix, to yeah. The Kingsman, The Secret Service, all of it. It's like it's not mandatory. Or how about to, how hmm. about a defibrillator will restart a person's heart?
1: I've mm. always thought that, no? No, it's more along the lines of uh, it's not restarting the heart. If the heart stops, you're in trouble, but it resets the beating.
3: Yes, so
1: because I'm trained in that. So if you have yeah. any issues, I can hey. save all your lives. Oh you wait, trained. so
3: the heart
2: never it's so when the heart stopped, if that's not what they're doing mm-hmm. with that f- No, no It's no, actually no. doing all the opposite. <laughs> they're
3: made to stop the heart after it has suffered a dysfunctional rhythm, allowing doctors to perform CPR to get it working correctly again. Yeah. It's a reset only Aww. but it had to be continuously working. Yeah. yeah.
2: Close bunza. Yeah. <laughs> right?
3: Exactly. You're like, "Hold on, I got a defibrillator. This person's heart's not beating and you just defibula- yeah. defibrillated them <laughs> for no reason." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to trust Vicky to uh, defibrillate us. That Pardon sounds me. dirty. Anyhow, <laughs> uh,
3: how about the fact that everyone thinks that it only takes seconds to knock someone out with a rag soaked in chloroform?
2: That's, that's yeah, nice. that's, that, that, it doesn't? Yeah. No, it does Come not. Come
3: on. Um, so in truth, knocking people out using drugs and other toxins is actually a very difficult process. Uh, too much of a certain material will be harmful and too little will cause no effect and too little will cause no effect. That's why, you know, hospitals use anesthesia, um, when putting people under while chloroform could be used to knock someone unconscious, it would take longer than it does in the movies. Oh. You'd have to just kind of hold it there for a couple minutes. <laughs> All right, I guess I should put this chloroform away. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, away. Like,
1: it's like, hey, can you just sit there for a little bit while I cover your uh, face with this chloroform and not thrash or not do anything? Yeah. You know, because I don't want to hurt you by using too much. Yeah,
3: and I'm sure it's on the list, but the uh, also the idea of like, we've seen it in like Inglorious Bastards, for example, like when uh, someone's getting choked to death. Yeah, it's really quick. That's mm. not how it works. No. Oh.
2: <laughs> You're ruining all my plans for this evening.
3: Yeah, right? Um, How about the whole myth, which is, this is actually kind of dangerous, that you have to wait 24 hours to report someone missing.
1: Oh, no, you could do that immediately.
3: Yeah, that is not true. um, Police and other experts uh, stress how important it is to start searches and file a missing person's report as quickly as possible. This gives the police the best chance of finding them, and any delay could only hamper an investigation by lead them to harm uh, lead, to lead to harm coming to the missing person. So kid, adult, or whatever you think they're, you know, in trouble, you can report it. You don't have to wait an additional 20 hours.
2: Nice. Good call. Um, good call.
3: This one cracks me up. Because <laughs> we've all seen this in cartoons and in real life. It's really cool to, you know, pull the grenade pin with your teeth. But that wouldn't work because it's most likely you'd lose your teeth while doing that. Oh! (laughs) Pins are actually designed to be difficult to pull out to avoid any accidents where they can explode by mistake, meaning you'd have to pull really hard with your teeth to get to get it off the grenade. So you probably just rip your teeth out or break ah, them. Oh, so please, if you ever were in a situation where you'd have a grenade. Where you're throwing a grenade? You know, like zombie apocalypse or whatever you happen to come across a grenade, don't pull it out with your teeth. God dang it. BJ. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, all
4: right, then fine.
3: Uh, how about that silencers make gunshots silent? Very not true. It muffles it, but it is not.
2: Yeah.
1: It,
3: no, it's it still does, very loud.
1: There's, I just, uh, BJ, you're probably the only person who will remember the old show Sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he had a silencer on his, uh, what, it was like a 45. And uh, obviously it didn't work. He's like, oh, I put my silencer on. And the whole joke, the running gag was, it would just be the loudest thing ever. And it's like, well, I had my silencer on. How could you hear it?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is going to bum all you guys out. If we actually had real-life laser weapons, they would actually most likely be invisible.
2: Oh, boring. They wouldn't
3: be green or blue or purple lightsabery. They they would just be invisible because it's a laser.
1: Oh. Oh. Or, like,
3: laser pew pew, pew 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 No.
1: Yeah, I guess I that kind of makes sense, and it kind of ruins my whole G.I. Joe uh, dreams there.
3: No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you still can. They just would be invisible.
1: It's the same thing. Just think about, like, laser tag. When you're actually out there playing laser tag, you can't see the lasers. Because <laughs> that's how that works. Oh. Yes.
3: Exactly. Last one being, you can't. You cannot calmly walk away from a nearby explosion because you're going to burn your ass.
1: You're going to burn your butt, and the force will probably just knock you forward anyway. Yep. And then you're just going to be walking around with no clothes on the backside of you and, uh, well, showing off all the goods.
3: That's a look. I've <laughs> seen Ramstein in concert with the pyrotechnic. That stuff is hot. <laughs> yeah, and it I is. That was in the back. Right? Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.